Hi everyone and welcome to episode 124 of Final Fantasy Union. It's our post E3 show. I'm Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys! How are you feeling? Woo! Tired. Tired, yeah. It has been a very long week actually. Oh god, I can't even like believe it. It just sort of whooped by. Yeah, well not even that. I mean it's actually pretty been like a long fortnight because Square Enix decided that they weren't just going to start at E3. Yeah. They were going to start before E3 with a lot of stuff. I know. Don't they know that people need sleep? Don't they know that people need, you know, prep and stuff? Yeah, it's it's all right if you're in America and you're covering stuff, but I most know. of the announcements that happened happened at like two or three o'clock in the Ugh. morning for us. Square Enix. <laughs> oh, well, but anyways. Uh, small woes There that we still have. was so much to learn from E3 anyway. There were, yeah, it was, it was absolutely crazy. Even if you were just focusing on Final Fantasy, there was so much coming out of it. Like, I, I mean, we used to cover obviously a lot more. Yeah. From, from E3 when we did uh, the the wider gaming stuff. But, I mean, even with just the Final Fantasy focus, it was crazy how much yeah. information was coming out and is still coming out. Yeah, and it's only going to keep on, I mean, as everybody gets their interviews out and all yeah, that Yeah, so we stuff. are, we're recording this on the Saturday. So mm-hmm. if anything happens over the next couple of days, we are apologizing. And we're uh, saying we hate you. Yeah. And, basically. But we're going to try and get as much information in this as possible. It's going to be a, like a real E3 recap. We're going to have a, a main feature, actually, which is going to be a slightly controversial one, I feel, but maybe not so much anymore because of what I've been hearing. Uh, and we're going to be talking about how E3 2016 has damaged Final Fantasy 15. I still think it's very controversial. Why? Because <laughs> you're saying that it's damaged goods, honestly. You are defiling Final Fantasy. You are stripping it of its good nature. Well, well after, we are. After, yeah, after what they did, they kind of deserve it. I suppose. Yeah, so after we've defiled final fantasy 15 in lauren's words we're then going to move on to the news roundup where we're going to talk about pretty much every single other thing that happened final fantasy related that we can fit into the show at least (laughs) yeah Um, but don't worry i mean like we're not going to be massively crapping on final fantasy 15 or anything it's more just kind of the the presentation about what they did and kind of what it it means outside of kind of our circles let's say yeah like we're not just harping on it just to harp on it we're just we're just detailing, like, sort of picking out the bits. Yes, and, yeah, we'll get onto it in a minute. But, anyway, before we do that, uh, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and we come on the iTunes store, FinalFantasyUnion.com, and YouTube.com forward slash FFUnionVids. Although, actually, we're kind of taking a slight pause from posting podcasts up on our YouTube channel until our strike is lifted because it was actually becoming a bit of a pain. Yeah, it is, really. I mean, I'm so sorry to people who watch um, our podcast on YouTube, but it's just been... It's been so hectic to try and get all the parts up, and I just feel like it confuses everything from the other content that's on there. Um, So, please, just... Bear with us for the moment. Yeah, I mean, the strike's going to be lifted in a couple of weeks anyway, so it shouldn't be an issue for too much longer. And then we can go back to putting up the full episodes again. Yay! Yay! So now we're going to move on to our Patreon section. So this is for everyone who pledges over $2.50 to support the show. If you're interested in supporting the show, please head to patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. If you pledge up to $10, you can even come on the show, as we've had many other guests on the on the show in the pre- in the last six months already, actually. Yeah, and yeah, we've got and they've more all been lined a lot up. of fun, yeah. So we're going to start off with uh, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero. We have Christian Burge. And we've got Christian Thompson, who's at Orbits Gaming. Clay Killo, who's at Super Nendo. Josh McNabb at J2K9. Lewis James. 
Nico Gonzalez, who's at Nick underscore Nack 95. Satria Jajaz Dharma. Skylar Loveless. Tiger Crane at Papu Milkshake. William Trengove at Varnas Theaxia. Harley Crawley at Dark ZT Okami. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Massacre23. Zach Duranto at ZDuranto58. Alex Troutman at Akira Namjin. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Genesis Alejandro at Junisan7. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Manning Franks at Like underscore Peyton. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Mohammed Quayam. Vitanitas at V underscore Tron5000. Zelda clone at Apes Type Novels. Yay! Thanks, Yay. everyone! Thank you! We now have one more announcement before we get on to our topic, and that is that we are going to be having a third fan gathering. Woo-hoo! We posted up an announcement video on YouTube and on the website, but for you podcast listeners, we just wanted to let you know that we're going to be ho- hosting a third gathering in conjunction with the Final Fantasy UK fans Facebook community. It's going to be on the 10th of September in central London, which is just a few weeks before the release of Final Fantasy 15. We actually announced the event officially last week in terms of when it's going to be and where it's going to be. And we've already had 25% of tickets that have been sold already, which has been absolutely amazing. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And um, I, I just can't believe it, like, already. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's, I mean, if you haven't come to any of the previous ones, then I appreciate that it's, you know, quite a daunting prospect to come along. But, I mean, genuinely, you will meet such a great bunch of people. Um, yeah. I mean, we only started really going to kind of Final Fantasy meetups uh, probably about a year and a half ago. And then we obviously we started doing our own ones in conjunction with the people that we were going to the events with. Um, now we're going to be teaming up with the Nash Red Wings, who are a free company from 14, the SE Cosplay community. So we've got loads of cosplayers coming up and it's just a really nice place to meet some people. Yeah, I mean, everybody's really, really approachable. Um, we just have a great, a great group of people and we hope to just keep it that way for the remainder of the events that we do. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're just looking for people who you can be final fantasy friends with like it's it's really epic i mean the normal crowd that goes to our fan events generally they show up at things like distant worlds and um mcm mcm and uh final symphony so you know if you make a final fantasy friend here you'll make a friend for life essentially nice learn nice yes i know um i mean we haven't announced too much about what's going to be going on at the event yet but in just to give you a taste in the past we've had video video message from nabuo Uematsu. we had bryce hitchcock uh one of the voice actors from type zero come to our previous event we also ended up getting featured on the uncovered final fantasy 15 live stream we've had triple triad the actual tournament and we've ended up giving away some super rare merchandise in our raffle so like, if you're a fan of final fantasy and you just want to get involved with stuff uh, meet some new people take part in some quizzes um, then there's there's so much to enjoy and if you want to find out more information about it please do head over to the website or check out our social media um, we're going to be posting periodic updates about it and then when we're announcing new stuff you'll be able to see updates there if you're struggling to find out information about it though then please do uh, contact lauren or i on twitter so yeah, lauren is at fosnis and i'm at daryl gu and we'll point you in the right direction yes but yeah, I hope that we can see uh, quite a lot of you there. Actually, uh, I think I mentioned before, but we had some people that come, came to the last one and they were talking to me about some of the older podcasts we'd done, like GMFM. And I know, that's crazy. It was really cool. It's always crazy. Like we just sort of have uh, our podcast as a sort of a side from what we do normally. And I mean, it's just really weird when people, well, a good kind of weird when people come up to us and are just like, we've listened to it or we like, we've said that we've worked on it and they're just like, oh my God, you work on that? And 
It's just, yeah, surreal. I think it's because it's been strange for us as well because um, people know our voices so yeah. well, um, but they never really knew what we looked like. So we we started going to Final Fantasy related events, and the rest, I guess you could say, is history. Yes. Okay, so we're going to go on to our main topic now, which is that we believe, or at least I believe, I don't know how Lauren <laughs> feels about it, but I, yeah. mean, I, I really believe that E3 2016 had a damaging effect on Final Fantasy 15. But before we get on to how or why I think that is the case, I just want to kind of set the scene a little bit here. So I'm going to skip forward because I could go into the whole history <laughs> about Versus 13 and then the Final Fantasy 15 and everything, but we're going to fast forward to Uncovered Final Fantasy 15, which happened a couple of months ago. And Square Enix went pretty crazy in terms of like the amount of budget they put into it. I mean, we've got uh, the feature film Kingsglaive that was announced, Brotherhood, there's the the Audi R8. They had all these like YouTube celebrities going over to Japan to do God knows what. Um, but I think after the event, oh, there also Sakaguchi was involved as well. They just kind of brought him back in. But after the event, I think there was a general positive feeling about Final Fantasy 15. And, uh, I mean, there's always been little niggles along the way, like people complaining about too many active time reports or the Moogle situation or Cindy. But I think after Uncovered, I haven't really heard anything that people have been complaining about. No, no. And they kind of uh, went into a lull, really. Yeah. And I think, you know, it just did what people wanted. It opened up Final Fantasy 15 to uh, the fans. We got Platinum Demo where people could kind of experience the combat a bit more. People I, spent their money. Yeah. And Ultimate <laughs> Clex Edition uh, was fine. Everyone was happy with that. Yeah. Um, although, actually, no, that's one thing that I'm <laughs> yeah. happy with since. Yeah. Um, but I think it opened Final Fantasy XV back up to uh, the wider market, like the, the non-core fans where they were thinking, oh, maybe this is something we should be reinterested in again after. Definitely. It became a laughingstock for so long. Um, and then, of course, prior to E3 itself, as we kind of said, scoring also set the bar pretty high i mean we had some exciting announcements with final fantasy 12 the zodiac age and we also had some stuff about what a final fantasy so i think we kind of went into e3 thinking okay so we know there's going to be some final fantasy 15 stuff it's the biggest kind of video game spectacle that they have remaining that they can use outside of gamescom tgs but really e3 is a lot bigger what are they going to do to like really cement uncovered yeah and then the Microsoft press conference happened. I know. I know. And if you if you don't know what happened at the uh, Microsoft press conference, if you're not in the loop, um, essentially they were playing this new um, demo, which was uh, Titan, uh, Trial of Titan. And um, it was all going okay. But once you start watching the stream, it, was, it just went a bit weird. So like uh, it was uh, director Hajime Tabata and Matt, Kishimoto, who his his he's like senior uh, product like marketing product manager or something, game. yeah, yeah. Um, we're up there, not saying a word, and you just watched him just fall, like constantly, like yeah. Matt playing. It was like and it was just, I, it was just I so awkward. I don't really know what they were going for. No, the Titan kept knocking, knocked us over. He almost seemed like he was about to die, um, and. Uh, yeah, it was just like, all right, well, great. Thanks for showing us how Noctis dies. It's like, I mean, the word I would use to describe that that whole thing was was terrible. I mean, I mean, you, it's not uncommon for developers to do a demonstration of their game, and like they don't always go okay. Sometimes there are technical problems that maybe hinder the demos uh, how it's going to be received. But I think in this case, yeah, as you said. 
they kind of came up on stage. Uh, Matt gave like a brief overview of the situation we're in. And then there's a three minute demo of him failing to beat a hand. I know. A giant hand. (laughs) Granted, it looked like one of those like annoying things that you couldn't really avoid. But still, yeah, it just... I just don't know how they thought that that was going to be the best way to showcase Final Fantasy XV. Especially because it was in the Microsoft conference. Exactly. We're talking about the fact that... It was the first one. It's the opening and it's also the first time that they'd ever shown Final Fantasy XV on Xbox. Yeah. So they were obviously wanting to do, oh, we'll do a live demo, show it's real or whatever. Um, but, I mean, even though people do buy Final Fantasy on Xbox and there are lots of Final Fantasy fans on Xbox, the the major Xbox audience is not Final Fantasy. Exactly. And then this was kind of like the holy grail market for them because, okay, so obviously PlayStation is winning the console war right now. Yeah, but, but that doesn't mean that you should just throw away um, well, they, a press conference. They were really trying to, like, I, I, their, their hope was that this would be the thing that really kind of got the mass markets, the, the non-JRPG fans to think, yeah, I really need to get in. Because obviously Uncovered was focused, to, again, towards the fan base. They were trying to project it out there, but Microsoft's E3 press conference is the way that you go after the north american audience in a big way yeah and they just it it was just three minutes of painful boredom i know and it was just like also the fact that they weren't saying a thing they weren't explaining anything they weren't talking through anything i mean granted tabata you know english is not his first language but i mean like they could have had someone else come out yeah word you know Uh, just describe what's going on describe what's what why you're failing (laughs) why you're failing what you know that sort of thing it just seemed really unorganized yeah and Uh, you know they really dropped the ball on that there's just a general feeling of confusion i mean like even when we were watching it you know you're struggling to understand what's actually going on like is this intentional like you're supposed to be losing this Um, i know and i think there was people are confused because a like it seemed like the game's gonna be really hard from that just on that basis yeah. someone who works for square enix and is supposed to have prepared to play this demo in front of a like a massive worldwide audience can't do it yeah like, how is it gonna work for everyone else exactly um but i think it was just it was unfortunate i mean afterwards uh tabata bless him just said you know that was great like <laughs> and people kind of started laughing yeah uh, i mean there was some applause afterwards but it was just kind of like oh man it just made them look bad but um, then yeah then the sony press conference happened yeah and actually the trailer was pretty good yeah i mean granted the choice of music was a bit like mm, i'm normally like i honestly am one of the big ones for i i love rock music and that kind of stuff being in like trailers or like more contemporary music being in trailers um, like I really loved the ones that they did for Assassin's Creed where it was like the pumping music, you know, yep. outside of the world or whatever. But this one just didn't speak to me, the Afrojack song that they chose. I mean, maybe it's just my tastes, but I just didn't, I didn't think it was exciting enough. I didn't think that it felt like, oh, I really need to play this game no, right it's, now. No, it's a shame because I think clearly the only reason they used Afrojack is so that they could get him to do some tweets about it or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they were hoping to kind of tap into his market, which, eh. But, like, I mean, other people use trailer music all the time. I mean, who's the one that just used Kanye West? Um, oh, I forget. But, like... It, it, use the music because it's going to fit. I mean, granted, it's a it's a much different field, I guess. But like with Game of Thrones, they had um, 
oh, uh, they had a, just a traditional rock song sang in a different way, but that fit with the what was going on, you know? Yeah, and that's what you want. You want something that's going to really like pump up the trailer. Yeah. This didn't do it. I mean, I might be very cynical here was, about... It was the Immigrant Song by uh, Led Zeppelin. That was it. And it was—it just fits so well. Even like the Lord when she did like the—I can't remember again what that oh, was Lord. for. Oh uh, Lord, was that Assassin? I thought I it was Assassin's, Assassin's Creed. Creed yeah. yeah, yeah. That was what they did Kanye West for the Assassin's Creed film. Um, um but I think uh, yeah, I'm, I, so I might be being very, very cynical as to why they chose Afrojack. Yeah, um, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me based on what's kind of been happening around Uncovered. But it—it it just didn't fit either way. No, and, and like even. So Tabata was doing his 15 kind of thing afterwards. And the first thing he opened up with was like, who here likes Afrojack? And it was just silence. silence. <laughs> and like... To be honest, I hadn't heard of Afrojack. And maybe it's, I, I'm I've just heard, old, I mean, but I've I never heard of, heard of Afrojack. Him. It's yeah. not really... I don't think he... I don't really necessarily like what he does. I mean, he's not someone I'd actively go and listen to. Yeah. But it was just kind of sad that... You know, it's got to the point where, I mean, like Tabitha probably, I don't know, maybe knows who Afrojack is or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, asking the audience at your own kind of 15 showcase, do you, who's heard of Afrojack? And then everyone's like, no. Nah. And it's like, oh, oh, it's a few people. Well, if you don't know who he is, he's and this like American DJ. He's really famous. It's also kind of slap in the face as well as you can't do anything with the car radio. Granted, there's probably like licensing things there, but like with the car radio in the game, like you can't actually choose any music. So it's just kind of like, well, yeah. choose a different music for the trailer. I want to um, marry up the Debbie Downers with, uh, I, I thought the trailer itself was really good. Yeah. And actually, I thought the trailer would have been so much better in the Microsoft press conference. Because yeah. that's where they needed to show, like, it was so, like, the action itself, irrespective of, like, the music choice, which could have been better, the action itself was, was perfect. I mean, they showed a lot of previous footage. Yeah. But, like, it was the right kind of thing. It was, um, you know... Even like the ending of the trailer, where it's like the the four of them like in the kind of the black, and yeah, walking into ensemble. It looked really cool. It was so cool. Yeah, um, and like how the, that's the way you would want to cut to face the Xbox audience. If anything, I would say I preferred that trailer to the one that they showed at Uncovered. I'm like uh, the um uh whole standby. Oh uh, yeah. I think that that it was like so much nicer. That's what I wanted from Uncovered, really. But like. You know, I just, I just thought that it, the fact that they chose something that was a bit more up, yeah. rather than just like, mm, that's that's all hold hands. And I think as well, I mean, we weren't too keen on the use of Afrojack, but if they'd have used Afrojack with that trailer in the Microsoft press conference again, that would have been a better fit, I think, yeah. than maybe the Sony audience, where they probably could have done that demo because if you look at the fan base and how they reacted to that demo, people were kind of understanding a bit yeah. more. They kind of got it a bit more. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the Microsoft, like, it just doesn't... It was a throwaway, yeah. essentially. But then they decided that they were going to do the thing that they always do. And, and it kind of sucks. I'm not a massive... I'm not, I've not been sold into PlayStation VR yet. Uh, mm. Move and like all these different peripherals. Like, yeah. They, yeah. They, they, they do their thing. But it's just annoying when they, they kind of start forcing it on games and tacking it on. Oh, yeah. And so, of course, we had the Final Fantasy 15 PlayStation VR experience, which yeah. just really looks not great. It, like, it's such a shame because it's like we're so we're being so negative and I'm so sort of like, you know, sorry that we are. But at the same time, it's just like it's just put in there as a gimmick. It's like so obvious, so painfully obvious that it's just they're putting it in there just to put it in there. And, 
you know, the VR experiences, I just think like if you're going to do a VR experience, have that in there from the get-go. Think, you know, oh, I'm going to do VR. There's going to be bits of VR in there, that sort of thing. I think it really works with like horror games and that sort of thing. But like with Final Fantasy, I'm just kind of like, oh. I mean, yeah, like so the the selling point they've got is that you get to play as Prompto. Yeah. Uh, and you get to... Which is one- also not much of a selling point considering their global polls said that Prompto was the least favorite. Yeah. So- it's the only one they had the choice of because it's like you couldn't play as any of the other characters because they're all melee based. Like, yeah. So the- Prompto uses a gun. You get to shoot the Behemoth Deadeye from episode Disguy in the demo or whatever. Um, but yeah, just like it looked really not that great. And I don't, it just seemed like from what I hear, the audience was just so disinterested yeah. with that whole segment. Well, this is so random. It doesn't need to be there. No. I mean, I know it needs to be there from PlayStation's perspective because they need to show that games are supporting PlayStation VR. But yeah. from a Square Enix perspective, like what's the what's the point here? Like, <laughs> If anything, and I will get hopefully some backing with this, I would rather PlayStation put more effort into supporting the PlayStation Vita over VR, to be fair. It's true. Sass. Yeah. Boom. Sass. Um, team handheld. Team handheld. Um, but yeah, so actually the other thing is that the PlayStation VR thing is actually, it's not even going to come into the games, the main game. It's going to be launched as post, post DLC. Yeah. And it's even being worked on by a separate team. Cause, and, and, but they didn't say that initially, I noticed. They and uh they kind of were coy about it, but then people started saying, "Well, like, why the hell are you wasting this time on the DLC? Just work on the actual game. Yeah, like, put your resource into making that better exactly. instead of PlayStation VR." But now they've clarified that it's going to be DLC and that it's being worked on by a separate team, <laughs> so it shouldn't mean anything. But I just don't even know, like, what what other games. What other Japanese games are Square Enix going to do? I mean, granted, like, I don't have a crystal ball, but what other games are they going to do where, where VR would be well, possible? Well, they announced um, Final Fantasy XIV uh, VR yeah, they last announced year at that. TGS. But I think the way they did that was much better. They didn't yeah. announce it in flipping uh, like a massive press conference where the entire world's watching. They just kind of said, yeah, we're experimenting with it. And there's a demo And we're on the trying, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was a bit, yeah. It's just so weird. It was kind of like, okay, so the Microsoft conference was bad. The Sony press conference was... Better. It was good. We liked the trailer, yes. but the VR stuff was a bit kind of. Mm. Yeah, it's not that it's necessarily a bad thing. It's just that it's we're indifferent. Like, yeah. it's, it's pointless. Um, then on the first day of V three, they announced a new game for Final <laughs> Fantasy fifteen called At King's Tale. Um, so this is yet another property in the Final Fantasy fifteen universe, along with King's Glaive, Brotherhood, Justice Monsters, the two demos. Like, it's getting expansive I- now. Bit crazy. So it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up which focuses on King Regis. Uh, the story of the game is said to take place 30 years before the events of Final Fantasy 15, and it's kind of similar to Platinum Demo in that it's actually Regis talking, uh, telling a bedtime story to Noctis, and then that's what you're playing through. Yeah. I actually, from the screenshots and stuff, it looks pretty cool. Um, yeah. We don't really know much too much about it yet. They're going to announce more at Comic Con, but then again, the balancing act. So we announce a new game, but then. They say, okay, but you can only play this game if you uh, pre-order Final Fantasy XV through some retailers that we're going to select. So in America, it's GameStop. In Canada, it's EB. In the UK, it's Game. Like so- In Japan, it's 7-Eleven. Did you know that? No. It's 7-Eleven in Japan, where you can get a slushy. So, slushy game. I mean, this instantly led to confusion because everyone who's bought the Ultimate Collector Edition for $270 was like, well, what about us? Exactly. Like, why are we not able to get this game? 
Uh, is it going to be added in? Like, do we yeah, know about will this? Will people be able to get it? Yeah, so we asked Square about this uh, at E3, and they basically said, well, right now, no, you can't get it if you've got the Ultimate Collector's Edition. And also, if you just pre-ordered the game standard through the Square Enix store or anywhere else, you won't be able to play this game. Yeah. So then it's like, I mean, I can see both sides. The Square Enix are under no obligation to give anyone this game if they don't want to. They can set up whatever pre-order bonuses they want, and they yeah. will usually do that. Uh, but it's usually about smaller pieces of content. Like, oh, if you pre-order from Amazon, then you're going to get a different piece of DLC. You're, or, or you're just or like going to get a like weapon. A, a, a case or something, like a new plate or something for yeah. your PlayStation 4. Like it's, something it's, it's trying to throw away throw stuff. Throw away, yeah. And I think, and that's the thing that kind of bugs me about this. Uh, I was having a discussion about this with a couple of people uh, and the, the, the topic of like lithographics and steelbooks and stuff like that came up. And it's like, well, the difference is that with those, you know what you're going to get. You see mm. a picture of it, you know what steelbook is. With this, they've just announced a game that they're not going to talk about, uh, and they've said, no, you can't play either. Yeah. This game could turn out to be amazing. Yeah. And then they're going to say, actually, no. I mean, the, the saving grace is that typically those retail exclusive things become available to buy after a certain period of time, yeah. like once the exclusive arrangement has died down. But still, it's kind of like, what what... <laughs> what's the point of this? Also, can I say it just sounds like Square Enix is again trying to like it's just a way of them trying to control everything because it's like you think about the Final Fantasy VII retro beat-em-up that like happened a little bit ago with yeah. uh, uh, Final Fantasy VII and it's just like, okay, well, here's another one that Square Enix has actually done. And it's just kind of like, all right, I guess. And just, I mean, I personally, I could I could live without it. But yeah, I, I imagine, a, I, I can imagine how fans would be upset about it's just this that I think the people that have played for the Ultimate Collector's Edition, they want the complete experience. I mean, Brotherhood's free. Yeah, I mean, they're paying $270 yeah. for it. They're getting the play arts, they're getting um, Kingsglaive included, they're getting loads of other stuff, and this is the one thing that they probably won't be able to get. Yeah. So, yeah, like, you want the complete experience, you've bought the most expensive thing they have on offer, and it's not cheap. No. And then they've turned around and said, actually, no, you can't have that. You've got to pre-order it from here if you want to get that. So you've got to do another pre-order or cancel your existing one. I just don't understand why they couldn't even, like, announce this at Uncovered. Uh, I don't know. It's just crazy. Um, but anyways. But yeah, so that was a bit of a downer. Yeah. Um, but then, okay, so then the E3 started. Again, they had the Final Fantasy fifteen presentation. We mentioned about that with the Afrojack. But actually, once Tabitha got started... It was a really cool thing. Uh, he was talking about how it's like, going to be a leading light and they want it to be and, and why they think it's going to be great and all this stuff. And uh, over the two days, um, they showed off uh, the, the new Regalia Type F airship. Uh, they showed that. They showed it. That's really cool. Crash landing and then some <laughs> sass coming out of it. Yeah. Um, they showed off uh, a demo of Altissia and going around the, the, the town. Yeah. And you can and, see the, um, that they have a Colosseum as well. Yep. And then the mark, the mark system, which is kind of similar to 12. They t spoke about wait mode, which is a new mode where if the action's kind of a bit too much for you, then you can basically just pause the game and then make decisions about what you want to do. And it's actually quite cool the way they've done it too, because I think some games will do it based on button presses, but with 15, they've decided that if things get too much, just, just do nothing. Just kind of take a pause. Don't press any buttons. Don't move. And the game will just instantly just go into a pause mode. And then once it's in there, you can look around and decide, okay, I want to do a warp strike there or 
uh, I want to throw my magic in this position, which makes it so much easier because I think, you know, both of us and a lot of other people with in Platinum Demo found that aiming the magic so that it lands and hits in the right place when everyone's jumping around everywhere is not that easy. Yeah, no. So with the weight mode, they've kind of hoped to solve that and take away some of the stress, especially because some battles you'll be fighting a lot of monsters. I made it a bit more like um, how the older Final Fantasies are. I mean, you can take a breath, you can sort of think about, oh, am I going to use an item or am I going to attack? Am I going to use magic? Like, it's kind of going back to the uh, turn-based battle yeah. system anyway. And I've seen some people saying that they're not happy about the inclusion of weight mode because they think it's going to make the game too easy. And it's like, well, it's it's actually quite, as Lauren said, it's it's actually quite Final Fantasy-based. Yeah. Like, do you think that the old ATB systems are easy because you can just sit there and wait and take th- take your time? Yeah. Like, no, it's not about whether the game is hard or difficult. No. Oh, sorry, it's hard or difficult. And if anything, Final Fantasy is not really known for its difficulty unless if you go into the, like, the, the Final Fantasy 12 bits or you go into, like, the really, really, like, hefty, um, sort of, like, dark Aeon-type bits. But ultimately, if you level up enough... If you get yeah. your stats up enough, you will win. And that's what he said as well. One of the questions that was asked uh, by the fans was, you know, if I level up, how easy is the game going to become? And he just said, well, it's kind of up to you, isn't it? Like, if you want to level up a load, then you're just going to one hit and every- everything. So it's it's not going to be any different from an RPG that there is normally. Yeah. So we had all this cool stuff. Um, and then, but there were still problems. And I just, <laughs> could, I couldn't believe it. I just, it was so kind of sad at this point uh i felt really bad for them but i mean not only were i mean it was obviously planned and i was kind of a bit disappointed but basically they did this this final fantasy 15 presentation on the two days mm. and it was basically the same presentation on each day yeah on the second day they kind of included the, the regalia type f which made it a bit a little bit different but on the second day they had massive technical issues so only people that were actually at e3 could watch the presentation which then kind of defeats the purpose of it so, I mean, if you were trying to watch it on YouTube and Twitch, you basically just stared at a blank screen for about 45 minutes <laughs> and then it kind of came in. Um, and it was quite funny, but sad, but obviously that a lot of the YouTube commenters were giving them a lot of sass for it. Yeah. Um, the video had tons and tons of dislikes because they were just st- streaming a blank screen. <laughs> um, and then when it obviously did kick up, everyone was really confused as to why there were so many dislikes on the video. But I mean, if you'd been there the whole time, you would understand why yeah um i just i couldn't believe it at that point i just thought you know they've been so unlucky i mean the microsoft conference yeah it was a bad uh, decision but at the same time i can't they can't have envisioned that the demo would have gone that way no um the sony press conference i mean i don't know what kind of reaction they were expecting about the playstation vr yeah um again with uh king's tale i I mean, they've announced a new game, but then it's beside by the kind of the issues around the exclusivity of where you can get it. Like, it it was just it wasn't a good a good look it, for it them. It was not, and I was I was kind of pleased that they kind of rounded out in a positive way, where Tabitha took fan questions, and that was probably a good that was one of the better parts about it for me. And and obviously, we're going to hear information of the, the interviews that have come out of, from Tabitha and all that stuff uh, after E three, and hopefully that's kind of a positive thing. But I was just really disappointed that when Square Enix went to the bigger stage and that's really the market they're going after at this stage they need Final Fantasy to sell well um, you know Tab has talked about the 10 million sales and I know he said that they don't need the 10 million but it's just kind of what they're striving for they're only going to get that if they can appeal to a wider audience and exactly the Microsoft press conference was just a big um, I, I kind of the way I feel is like they 
they were kind of strolling along and they just after uncovered and they were kind of actually strutting around yeah and then they just tripped up and fell into mud yeah essentially and, and now they've got to really dust themselves off and uh try and think about how they're going to recover this for gamescom in two months time yeah which is obviously yeah their next big their next big push but uh, honestly they're not gonna they really did not need this no right now and, and it's quite sad as well because i mean actually if you uh want to go and check out the full demo for trial of time i'd recommend you go and check out the one the playstation access have done yeah um and when you actually look at it the the demo that they did during the conference in like the full scheme and that's what a lot of people were saying like they just cut into in the middle of the demo with no context really yeah if you actually watch the whole demo it actually plays out pretty well it's just a shame that they couldn't convey that yeah to the point where it needed to matter i mean if you go and check out all of the the youtube videos uh around that playthrough of the microsoft conference everyone's just so disillusioned and, and the final fantasy fans are fine but the wider market are the ones that are, are taking the, the mick out of i mean <laughs> the if game you think right now. if you think that we're being unnecessarily like unkind like compare this to like the demo of uncharted uh three i think it was um during one of the e3s like they had so much just going right in that demo like they didn't need talking because the the video was talking for them i mean you could have like the water and all that type of stuff it was just glorious and just comparing that to this final fantasy 15 demo it's just like yeah i think we're just it's just disappointing. Yeah. Like, we want Final Fantasy XV to do well. And um, I think from a wider perspective, if you look at how the the whole thing that they've done throughout E3 has been perceived, mm-hmm. the fans, the Final Fantasy fans, like, there's some of them are kind of putting a brave face on and just saying like, well, you know, it was a bump in the road, but we're, yeah. still, we're still happy about it. We're still positive. But I think the wider market, the, vi- the video game market, just kind of looked at this and just thought, all right, well, I was kind of getting a bit excited about this because I've uncovered, like, I should really start paying attention. I've just paid attention. What the hell did I look at? Yeah. Um, but and anyways. Yeah, it, it was a shame. Yeah. Um, but I, I really hope that they can recover when yeah, it comes same. to Gamecom and just try and figure out how they can right those wrongs. Definitely. Right. <laughs> okay, uh, now we're going to try and bash through as much of the news as possible. And actually, oh my god, this so is, much has happened. So much has happened, and this is where we're going to go back to the positive side again. Yay! Yay! And even me, because this first news story is actually about the announcement of Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age. Mm. I will hold my hands up. I am not the biggest Final Fantasy XII fan. I actually wrote an article about it on the website called Confessions of a Final Fantasy XII Critic, uh, where I kind of talk about how I feel about the announcement of the Zodiac Age, but... For me, it was really cool because they announced it before E3. They kind of caught everyone by surprise. I think I was at work. Lauren had, I don't know what, you just gone out, hadn't you? Yeah. And we started, like, our Twitter feed started exploding. And it was like, what? They just announced it again. Well, well, how are we going to cover this right now? I like, know. It was just crazy. I mean, I never in a million years would I have expected. I mean, well, no, no. I, I, I was expecting it, but I just wasn't expecting it then, like, at all. I was just exactly. kind of like, whoa, okay. But no, I think it's, I mean, yeah, I'm not the biggest 12 fan either. I played not so much of it and got annoyed. But I think it's really cool that we're getting it again. And I think it's cool that they're doing it with the upgraded system like we had predicted um, a while back. I forget which yep, podcast number it was. Zodiac but we were, we were actually hoping that they would do the Zodiac system, which I, I would have thought if they did an HD version, they would do that anyway. 
But um, so yeah, updated graphics, updated gameplay, like it just sounds remastered soundtrack, some new recorded tracks. I think. Um, like it just sounds. It sounds like they're doing a really good job with it, and it's just a matter of when. When is it gonna release in 2017? Yeah. They still have Kingdom Hearts 3 to get out and... Potentially the Final Fantasy remake. Yeah, so... Yeah, we'll just have to see about it. But, um, yeah. So I think the, it's fair to say that the both of us are, are quite excited about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it from the perspective of... It didn't resonate with me when I played it when I was younger. Maybe if I have a chance to play it now, I can do that. We just don't have a PlayStation 2 lying around that we can, we no, can hook up to. No. So it's a great... I think... Uh, some people kind of got a bit of a Debbie Downer about remasters, but I think they're kind of positive in this light because there's so many people that can't play the games because of whatever reason. Um, and I mean, it's probably better that Square do it this way and enable, uh, because it, Final Fantasy XII was a good looking game. Yeah. And the systems it incorporated were really positive at its time. Um, it's just more things like the story that didn't really resonate with me. But again, maybe now that I'm older and I want to look at it again. I can appreciate it, and I'm yeah. kind of willing to go into it with that open mind. I'm not Same. just going to say, oh, I'm not going to play the Zodiac Age because I didn't like it the first time. It's a Final Fantasy game, so I want to give it the benefit of a doubt. I want to see if I it will resonate with me, and I want to see if the international Zodiac job system makes it more enjoyable, especially for you, Lauren, because that was the gameplay was one of the big things that you didn't yeah. like. Yeah, no, because I never played an MMO before, and this was very much like an MMO-type gameplay with Final Fantasy XII originally. Like, I just, I did not I just nope. <laughs> <laughs> turned you into a horse. Yes, it turned me into a horse. But uh, anyways, um, uh, the next story is no, actually, no, no, oh, you, no. No, you've you've gone ahead of yourself here, Lauren. What? Um, there's actually one thing that's so, that's so oh, far yeah. come out of this, and um, well, it's actually two things. One of the oh, things yeah. was that they said um, that because the gambit system worked so well, Square Enix have actually been debating for quite some time now whether or not they wanted to make a kind of spin-off or another title based around that system. Mm. To me, that wasn't necessarily that much of an interesting story. The interesting one for me was that they also said that if the Zodiac Age sells well, um, they've been talking internally about whether or not they want to revisit the Final Fantasy XII universe irrespective of the Zodiac Age. And if if the sales numbers are good, then they, they're going to seriously consider making um, some more Final Fantasy XII-based titles a lot outside of like, the Revenant Wings. So I think that was really cool. Um, I mean, obviously, they're going to say that they want to do more. Uh, I think there's still the rumors going on about 10 and whether or not that's <laughs> yeah, going to expand 10-3. further. But I think, um, I mean, there's been plenty of Evilies games that have come out over the years. But if they can show that the Zodiac Age, there is a market for it, then it would be nice for them to maybe expand the story. I guess some people have got concerns, though, obviously, because Matsuno isn't really involved anymore. But yeah. I mean, there's always the chance that they can bring him back. I know he didn't necessarily leave on the best of terms, but time <laughs> heals all wounds, as they say. Sakag- oh, yes. I mean, Sakaguchi's even come back into the fold, so you never know. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, no. Um, the next bit of news that we have is about World of Final Fantasy, and we have a release day. Yeah. I'm so excited. So, yeah, um, it's going to come out on the 24th of October um, in America, and then um, I think believe it's the 25th and the 28th in japan and europe no i think it's 27th 28th 27th 28th um and they just had a new trailer which was awesome like it just looks like such a fun game it looks like the kingdom hearts that i always hoped and dreamed of because it has all the final fantasy characters in it including like celeste and edgar and 
Um, even Shelk from um, Dirge of Cerberus yep. is going to be so in it. So that was like the new character they announced. And it's so cool that they're even... In, uh, it makes me wonder how many other niche games are going to be uh, featured in World of Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, I mean, like if Type Zero is going to be in it, yeah, that would I mean, be like, sick. Shelk from Dirge of Cerberus. I mean, did you ever think that you would see her in a spin-off title? Probably not. <laughs> no. But she's in there. And I think that's really cool um, that Dirge of Cerberus is getting a nod like that. Yeah, no, it's really, really cool. So yeah, I mean, definitely check it out um, if you haven't already. Uh, There's also the figurines. (laughs) The funny thing is that, I mean, just to show that we're not crazy, uh, based on everything that's happened with Final Fantasy XV, I've seen so many more people saying now that they're more excited for World of Final Fantasy than they are XV. And then that's not a bad thing because World of Final Fantasy looks like such an adorable game. I know. It seems like they're really putting a lot into it because, I mean, they came out and said, I think it's slightly misquoted, but there's like 100 hours of story. It's probably a bit less than that. Yeah, possibly. Um, but it's like, probably more content. They're really, even though it looks like a, like a small, kiddie, kind of childish game, they're really trying to make it like a like a numbered series game. They're trying to put so much into the story and the yeah. gameplay systems and everything else there is to do. So like, if you haven't really been too interested in World of Final Fantasy, maybe because of the graphical style, I'd I'd maybe start paying more attention to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also on top of that, they've announced some figurines that you can get. I think they're a bit overpriced, but you know, figurine collectors, you guys, like you guys, spend money like crazy. So they have about four. Um, there's so a mini. Far. There's a mini chocobo. There's the cactuar conductor, who I think I have to get because that's just so cute. Um, and there's the magic tech armor, and then there's one of Hama, which is one of the characters. They did a cloud one as well, didn't they? Because that was sitting in the magic cloud. tech armor, I think. Is it cloud and magic tech armor? I, I think couldn't so. see. But either way, um, it looked they they all look really cute. The um the magic tech one is about forty dollars though. It's yep. kind of hench. But I mean, you know, it's it's with the times, isn't it? It is with the time. But on that note, we've got to bash through this. Yes, we do. Um, um, the last bit of news it's is not about... the last bit of news. Oh, sorry. Not the next by bit a of long news... way. <laughs> the next bit of news is about Final Fantasy Type Zero Online. So they actually are bringing it to the West, which is cool. Um, they're doing a Chinese open beta. So hopefully that means that we'll be getting it in the near future. Yeah, it was a weird one, actually, because they announced the game at TGS 2015 after they'd announced the cancellation of Agato Plus. Um, And Type-0 Online kind of replaces Agato, which was Mm -hmm. a Japanese-exclusive kind of persistent online world kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But we hadn't really heard any of it since then. And that was like nine months ago. Uh, There was a closed beta that happened in China. And they just like the where it came, it was like the Amazon Web Conference in yeah. in Tokyo really where they random. just kind of said, oh yeah, by the way, like um, there's going to be a Chinese beta for happening for Type Zero Online. Oh, and you know when we've said before we announced it that we probably maybe weren't going to do a Western release, we now are. It's like when they announced um, Final Fantasy Type Zero is coming to Steam by using that random computer it's like advert X or something. It's just it? like what the hell? Okay, was it like a Windows 10 conference? Yeah, something like that. It was just like, all right, fine, that's fine. Um, but yeah, so at least we have that to look forward to with the Type Zero series. Um, then Kingsclave, uh, it's actually coming to the US. I, I really, we have, we cannot trust Square Enix at all when they say, you know, oh, we don't know that type of thing it's like generally if they're saying they don't know that means that it's coming out so just just sit sit tight sit tight 
you know. So it's coming out on 19th of August in select theaters in America. No word on whether or not it's coming to Europe, but I'm hoping it is. They haven't said they don't know yet. They, they haven't said, said they don't they know said yet. They said nothing. Yeah, so wait six months and then hopefully it will come. Or if you're waiting for, ty- we're waiting for Type Zero a few years. <laughs> yeah. They've uh, and uh, we we kind of did some digging around as well. We found out that they, you know, the voice actor for Droughtus has been revealed. Uh, yeah. We found a couple more likenesses, and um, actually on the Japanese website, they've just re- revealed a load of new characters. Mm-hmm. One of which is Gladiolus's dad, um, and another one who is there's a lot of speculation around right now, which I'm not going to go into because of spoiler territory. But he's called Ravus Knox Floret. Mm. Mm. any relation mm. maybe maybe um and then the next bit of news we have about final fantasy 7 remake uh namura did a interview with famitsu while he at always E3. does an interview with famitsu at e3 i know um can't can't stay away from those japanese publications at an american event you know um, but he commented on the Final Fantasy VII remake saying that it's still a while away, but when we do hear stuff, it won't be a small thing. Yeah. It'll actually just be Ultima Weapon will just pop <laughs> out of the sky. Yeah, it's kind of strange. I mean, he just, I, when he says stuff like it's still a while away, I mean, come on, we're expecting, I'm expecting the game to come out next year. Well, by Nomura's terms, typically it means a decade. So I think that we're waiting for a while. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, it. Scares me honestly when he when he says when he said like it's still a while away. I mean, this is Nomura we're talking about. He takes a long time to make his games. I know. I that I was hoping 2017 because of the 20th anniversary, but I mean, I, I'm not really. Mm. I wouldn't put money on it. No, not really. Um, and then aside from that, there's a lot of like little bits on Final Fantasy 15. So, um, unfortunately, I mean, from my sort of, you know, opinion, uh, there will be story-based DLC, um, which, uh, no word on it, whether or not it will be free. Although they did say in the past that all DLC would be free. So we'll have to see. Um, the camera won't be adjustable. Tabata also estimated that there will be about 200 hours to get the platinum trophy yeah, in the so game. Yeah, they've, they've clarified certain things about the timings. Um, I think he said there's a story where he said there's going to be 50 hours of story. Yeah, it's like 40 to 50. Yeah, now he said 40 to 50. He's saying that like if you want to do quite a lot of the side quests and side missions, then probably about 100 hours of mm-hmm. gameplay. And if you want to go for the platinum trophy, then it's probably about 200 hours of gameplay. So we're just going to be avoiding thunder for a while, lightning strikes for a while, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably going to be one of those quests is just like that takes you hours. There's going to be there's, the chocobo stuff. I mean, is like be the hard. Final Fantasy 13 one where you had to like collect all the weapons and stuff. That was, yeah. that was painful. Yeah. Um, and then finally, um, if you remember Somnus, which is, uh, one of the epic, epic songs that Yoko Shimomura wrote for when it was versus 13, it is apparently still very much part of the, um, original soundtrack. So hopefully. Sometime during the game, we'll be able to hear it in all of its glory. Um, I much prefer it to the current theme that they keep playing over and over. Oh God, I want to hear Somnus. I want to hear Somnus so bad. But then, if they did that, would you get so fed up with it as the other one? I don't know. I don't know. I do like Somnus though. Like Somnus, just just epic. It's you know that's glorious i thought it was wonderful actually um yeah i mean this question arose because uh especially after uncovered where they announced stand by me as the main theme people were like well we haven't really even heard somnus since you made that announcement is it still even in on the soundtrack (laughs) um so yeah tabitha said no it's 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 just not it's not the main theme anymore but it's still going to be part of the soundtrack and when we do use it in the game it's going to be a very interesting time yes 
so yeah i mean that's the news roundup blitz i mean there's been so much other stuff that's happened as well we've kind of had to cull things down a little bit just so we can get this recorded but uh I really hope that you guys didn't feel we were just being negative on Final Fantasy 15 for the sake of it. Um, we do genuinely want it to to do well, and I'm really excited for the story. I just, I just felt so sad and disappointed that the way it was kind of presented to the wider gaming market at E3, like just how it all happened. I just thought it was really bad. Yeah, um, and it's disappointing. Um, and I really hope that with Gamescom and TGS, they can kind of fix it and um, make people in the wider audience see what Final Fantasy Fifteen has to offer so that it doesn't get belittled anymore. Yeah, yeah, we just don't want to see it get hurt. Yeah, it was kind of sad. Like, reading through the YouTube comments, I mean, Lauren, like, pulled a couple in for the Walk Digest she did, and, like, you see that it's just kind of negative Nancy's going on around Final Fantasy Fifteen, but it's getting, like, like four or 500 people agreeing with them per comment. So it it's not just a case of us, um, like, just crapping on Final Fantasy Fifteen for the sake of it, like, that E3 showing was bad. Like yeah. you can't get around that. And if you want to still be a Final Fantasy 15 supporter, like we are, then that's great. And you can kind of just just wipe it off, dust yeah. yourself down, and just really hope that Final Fantasy 15 kind of pulls through and Square Enix can and can show it in a better light moving yes. forward. Yes, I definitely, I definitely think so, and I hope so. So our music this episode is actually by a new Patreon supporter and someone who has been a very prominent supporter of us at the previous events, Lewis James. Hi, Lewis! And um, he has done an arrangement from Final Fantasy VIII where he's combined Rivals and the Castle, so hopefully you guys enjoy listening to that. It really works really well, actually. So yeah, um, the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 5th of July. And you can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on iTunes. If you just search for Final Fantasy, we are the number one podcast. Alternatively, our YouTube channel is actually really growing quite quickly. Uh, we've just passed 1,500 subscribers. If you want to check us out, just uh, YouTube search us for Final Fantasy Union or you can go to forward slash FFUnionVids. And of course, you can catch all our coverage and of course, you can catch all our coverage on FinalFantasyUnion.com, where we've just been absolutely spamming the crap out of news recently. We've been putting up quite a lot of features as well. Uh, we're trying to expand our Record Keeper coverage. So if you're really interested in Record Keeper, go and take the survey we've got on the website about that. Try and help us kind of craft that in the way that you want us to cover it. Um, and of course, if you want to support the podcast, then please go to Patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion to find out more about it. Mm-hmm. So with that... We need to close this out, Lawrence. Bye, guys. And I'm Dara saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production.